It is a good afternoon and thank you so much uh, for choosing to spend uh, this lunch hour with us as we do life-filled uh, conversations and uh, we're talking hate, hate crime and uh, joining us on the line is Ricky Hosidao, uh recently moved to Kanza and uh, thank you so much uh, Ricky uh, for taking our call. Uh, Ricky is Executive Director of the South African-based Gender Dynamics, an organization that advocates uh, for the human rights of uh, transgender and uh, gender variant people and uh, Ricky is joining us on the line right now. Good afternoon and welcome. Thank you, Sister Salva. Can I start off by saying thank you so much for the opportunity to also contribute to this meaningful discussion and make a correction that I previously worked for Gender Dynamics. I currently am the Executive Director of Accountability International which is an INGO that um, is Pan-African working on holding leaders accountable for human rights and developmental commitments that so we it's find on to accountability international. international awesome yes. thank you thank you very much uh, for that correction maybe i can start asking uh, how's the weather in cape town like when i speak to people who are on the other side i feel like i need a holiday <laughs> already <laughs> it's beautiful i mean we've had a very sustained and prolonged winter so we're only beginning to enjoy summer combined with spring all in one, that it's absolutely getting hot and hotter every single day on this side. But still, you get your typical temperamental Cape Town weather. Once in a while, it's just a cold breeze. Yeah, day. Cape Town can be but very moody. In summer. Cape Town can be very moody, just like this topic that uh, we're focusing on right now, um, Ricky. And it's it's just unbelievable that in 2018 uh, we still have such conversations that are as mundane as people believing that uh, they can correct gender uh, through just forced uh, sexual activity. How do you fix a person? What are some of the reasons given? Mm. I mean, just we we need to go back to the root cause of a whole lot of attitude that then perpetuates the thinking that any person has the power to be able to correct another person into becoming something that that other person believes that this person needs to be. Mm-hmm. And that stems out of a very patriarchal society that we grow up in that has vested or indoctrinated and encultured mostly men or boys who are the biggest of perpetrators of what I call lesphobic rape and lesphobic violence on mm-hmm. lesbian women and transphobic rape on trans women and trans men alike. And it comes from the way in which, as a society, we have raised boy children into men who believe that they have the power to dictate to others that they see as inferior, as weaker, on how they should live their lives and how they should express themselves. Mm-hmm. We continue to have both men and women who, be, who are so custodians of cultures that basically tell a man that he can clear himself. Let's take it away even just from just misphobic and, and transphobic rape, but to even just all other sexual assault and violence where we find men using little girls who are still virgins as a cleanser for HIV within their own system. We still live in a society where we perpetuate these kind of unfounded myths and lessons about what the power of men is and how they can be able to take anything they want from any other person. Mm-hmm. We continue to have a country where hate crimes legislation in itself is still something that we are debating in Parliament at this point in time that we're still waiting for a deal to be passed. 
clearly something we have later where we have gained our independence as a South Africa, where we have fought with blood that was shared with death of many of us having to fight for the freedom of every individual and for their own bodily autonomy and security. And this goes beyond just the rate of, of trans persons and of lesbian persons, but looking at how systemically we continue to encounter men to believe that they are decision makers about the lives and well-being of every other person in society. And those kind of crimes continuously going without the right punishment. Mm, I mean, mm. it's when we take um, rates and measures of lesbian and trans women into, into court. We continue to see how the, the justice system in itself treats these murders and these rapes as lightly as any other rape that would have occurred. And I'm sure. not even trying to create any hierarchy of rape and victims in this essence, but I'm trying to speak to the hate motivation behind any person that walks around society hurting other individuals, killing other individuals. Yeah, and, and not even see it. wrong, um, because when you justify it with, I'm, I'm correcting something that's wrong, uh, you take away humani- the, the humanity in, in the act. Uh, Ricky, we're going to pay the bills, and uh, when we return, I'd like us uh, to just focus on some of the stories, uh, horrific stories that you've been mm-hmm. exposed to. And I'm going to ask you to just—I know um, that the lady you would not allow, but I'm, I'm going to ask you to just raise your voice a little bit and 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 uh, put the headset on your mouthpiece because we're struggling to um, hear the uh, gist of of our discussion. And uh, we pay the bills. Uh, we'll be back straight after this. At SAFM Radio and at Positive GP on Twitter. Ricky Hosidawu Kanza is joining us uh, as Executive Director of Accountability International. And uh, as we focus on uh, South Africa, boasts one of the progressive um, constitutions in the world. And yet uh, the LGBTI community, LGBTIQ+, uh, because we continue to discover all the time that there's more we don't know of. Um, this community is still experiencing uh, challenges in our communities. They will either be demonized or victimized and the list goes on and on uh, where people would be um, purported to be corrected and uh, what that means um, befits me and uh, that's why we're having uh, this uh, conversation and invite you to connect with us at SAFM Radio and you can hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live and uh, or you can call us on 0891 104 207 or WhatsApp voice note on 0614-104-107, SMS is 40938 charged at 150. Now, I mean, it, it's it's very, what are some of the stories um, that you have experienced uh, in, in trying um, to fight this cause, uh, Ricky, where you thought, but this is so inhuman? I mean, since Christelda, there's been many cases. I mean, like you speaking about the work that I have done before joining Accountability International when I was at Gender Dynamics mm. and working in partnership with other partner organizations based in Cape Town such as Triangle Project. And many of the cases that um, have come across, I think one that really for me would just stood out and really to this day still remains just too etched in, in my memory was in the northwest of a lesbian identified and openly um, lesbian identified um, woman who was raped by the neighbor, mm. murdered by this person, and this person put a running water hose pipe 
through her mouth. She was discovered at a point where her whole entire body had bounced out because there was running water going into in her throat, which was got down her throat by this particular young man mm-hmm. who went and hid in his own mother's house and sat there for days where nobody knew anything about his whereabouts, but it was quite clear who would have had access to her. And mm-hmm. I mean, we've had UGC Melani, who was murdered in plain sight on a playing field, stabbed and gang raped. And these are some of the cases that for me have forever stood out and reminded us of how we are just vulnerable in broad daylight, even within our own homes. And when I say we, I also speak about myself as an openly identified transgender woman. Mm. And in that we are not necessarily looking at a situation where we are vulnerable when we are working at night or we are vulnerable when we are working into violent circumstances. Even within communities that we live in, in broad daylight, just walking to go to a tax shop, any of one of us could be killed, could be raped by another person who believes that we can correct us. And part of the problem has stemmed in us, I think, in a very simple way, making it fashionable Mm -hmm. to call it corrective rape. This is exactly hate-motivated rape of another person. It's not about power. It's about power and control. But over and above that, it's also about the hate that motivates this particular individual to wanting to rape and to wanting to kill. And we should be calling it the way in which it is, which is lesphobic rape and transphobic rape. There you go. Because when we say it's, it's, it's corrective rape, it, in you a way, it almost justifying. Who might just be toying with the idea? Of yeah, it, it almost feels like okay you're justifying it. Yeah. Yes, you actually, your penis has the power to correct mm. my gender. It has the power to correct my orientation, and that stems as well as in Christ, out of the fact that we still have quite a lot of traditional religious and community leaders who also, in their own ethos and politics, continue to perpetuate the belief that. It is okay to mm. go and rape another person with the belief that you can correct them from what they are. We have still at this point in time pastors and reverends in various churches and denominations who still preach a very divisive, hateful and discriminatory liturgy that speaks about an Adam and Eve and not an Adam and Steve mm. and not necessarily allowing and granting society an opportunity to concretely and robustly engage with even religious scriptures themselves. I mean, at Accountability International, we work with um, some other sub-grantees of ours, one of them based in, in, originating in Nigeria, who is called House of Rainbow. There's also a collective of international um, religious leaders called Inarela, which are collectives that are working to really unpack the way in which we have been misinformed quite a lot about what religion and religious scriptures are saying about persons who are Hold that thought. Let, let's, explore, let's explore. Let's explain that, uh, Ricky. That kind of conversation and get into it Ricky, in a very much more critical Ricky, way. Ricky. Hey, but I'm passion. We have to take a news break. Hold <laughs> <laughs> that thought about I mean scripture and, and religious teaching. I would like us uh, to just uh, delve uh, in, in, into that after the news headlines with Utsilesak. SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen.
And uh, a very good afternoon once again. Thank you so much uh, for connecting with us. Uh, Riki Hosedaokanza uh, joins me on the line as we talk about uh, corrective rape and some of the hate uh, crimes that are perpetuated towards the LGBTI community. And uh, uh, as, as we unpack this, uh, Riki, uh, inviting you to join us, uh, uh, you can give us a call on 0891-104207 or leave us a WhatsApp voice note on 614 107. And just a reminder that uh, during this time, the commission takes a break. Um, and, and therefore, we need to prepare content uh, during this period. And uh, we will catch um, and uh, we will catch on with the commission a, a little later with uh, uh, Sir Ernest Pillay. And uh, we can't then say just because they're going on lunch, then we found wanting on what to say and what to talk about. Uh, some of you were asking, why did we cut off the commission? Um, because we do know that during this period, they too deserve to eat so they have lunch and we have lunch conversations and we call this uh, lifetime live with me chrisalda Dudumash. and uh, right now um let, let's talk about you mentioned the issue of the bible i mean not not uh, as a person living with hiv i've learned that not everything is meant for my harm um some of the situations are teachable moments uh, you have people who've been socialized in a way that says the Bible says uh, Adam and Eve. Uh, there's no way in the Bible where it says Adam and Steve. Uh, when do you get to a place where you see it as a moment to teach and, and um, you know, teach about what you have been exposed to about religion and what your context of understanding uh, what God says about how we treat fellow human beings? Okay. I mean, Sister Salter, I'm, I need to declare here as well that I would want to also speak about religion in, an, in its entirety, but I also need to speak about my own personal ethos and beliefs. And that was exactly the context of my question, that you personalize it. What is your yes. understanding? I, I, I subscribe to what I call liberal Christianity, and the liberal aspect of it comes in beginning to read the nuances within the Holy Scripts themselves. And it's about understanding the context within which even the Bible in itself was written and understanding that um, ancient before Christ Judea in itself in which the most of our scriptures come from at a time where there wasn't much of technological advancement information advancement that we find even within our own scriptures where it is speaking about how it is unholy to lie with a woman when she is in her period. We find within the scriptures where it says that it is an abomination within Leviticus for a woman to walk into the temple without wearing anything on her head. These are very archaic understandings of a society that had not evolved to where we are. We are now fast forward in 2018, sitting with women ministers and understanding that God speaks to every single body, regardless of its sex, regardless of its orientation. Mm-hmm. We're at a point where we understand that we also have openly gay ministers and that these two are still vessels of God. We're sitting at a time where many a times when I engage with people about my own personal religious beliefs, 
I fill in the very description of the Christ that I have come to know through the very scriptures that each one of us has read, mm-hmm. which is a Christ who was such a radical, transformative social justice advocate. Yeah. I do not believe that anybody needed to be judged for any kind of transgression against all these scriptures that have been written that put in them what is it that needs to be done by humans and what should not. And that mm. law, we remember them as the Ten Commandments, isn't it? I speak of a Christ who came in and rewrote those very commandments and rewrote them to say, remember to love your God with all of your heart, your mind, and your soul. Mm. And mm. none of those does he mention the body mind you. Two, he says, love thy neighbor with everything that you love yourself with. Treat them the same exactly that you would treat thyself. And that speaks about a love, Sister Felda, that supersedes any kind of nuances of individuality of a person or even differences. And in so understanding, it becomes important for us to then speak to ministers to begin shifting messaging to that of love as being the highest commandment that has been given and love that is indiscriminate such that mm. a person who is living positively, we love them just the same as we love any other person who might not be living with HIV for instance. Sure. We, we find in those scriptures where Christ speaks highly against anybody who is a human being judging another human being. We find there a crisis speaks about us having to take stock of our own indiscretions, those that are overt, which are known, and those that might not necessarily be known. And it is only said of the reality that even if one were to consent to the fact that, yes, men lying with men is an abomination, and in that, in that regard, then a gay person, we need to cast out all these indiscretions against God in them. Those are only overt. How about those that we have within our hearts, within our minds, that then also guide the actions that we take? You who have stolen a print run from another person are just as the same. And at the same level as the person who might be gay. And when mm-hmm. we start understanding our own Holy Scriptures in that way, where we read the macro or the bigger message above every single one of the verses that we read, we then get to understand that each and every one of us is the same. And as such, we cannot be holding ourselves in higher regard than any other person. So, in so doing, we are judging. And in so doing, we are acting like God. And in so doing, we are actually insulting. So for a person, so for for a family that is listening to this conversation and and they would like to empower themselves um, in order to support, uh, be it it's their daughter or their son that comes out, uh, Mm. where do they go? Uh, What does help entail? Absolutely. There are various organizations, and I can be able to name a few. One of them is Gender Dynamics, which would be www.genderdynamics.org.za. On there, you can also be able to find info at genderdynamics.org.za, which then you can be able to speak to one of the powerful advocates and um, community leaders who can be able to actually walk the journey with, with, with an individual. Mm. That organization is basically in Cape Town. You move to Houghton, for instance, where I know there's quite a lot of communities that are 
and struggling with these issues living in various locations, you will find organizations such as Iranti Org, yeah. which you can also be able to access online, who would be able to also intervene and work much more closely. The organizations such as Triangle Project, which mm-hmm. also intervenes in a lot of these hate crimes um, cases around the whole entire country. And you also can be able to engage with us as um, Accountability International at accountability.international, where we also have quite a lot of resources around understanding or marrying sexuality and gender with religion and with faith, where you'll also be able to get a link to some of the other organizations sure. that are our partners who are literally working with various um, religious leaders to continuously preach a much more inclusive and affirming message around religion, faith, and spirituality. So there are various avenues that are available to a person at this point in time. And mm. I mean, there are various individuals as well. I also offer myself many a times my own social media platforms as spaces where I'm also approachable and can be able to engage with various individuals. On Facebook, you would be able to find me at Tepo Riki Kositao, and you would find me on Instagram at Riki Kositao. I don't know if you're Twitter. going to be able to respond to this SMS in one minute. Uh, it's very difficult to have a conversation mm-hmm. with a person who's passionate about the subject matter. Khancho uh, uh, sends us an SMS saying, issues of abnormal sexual activities cannot be separated from occultic um, sexual connotation of power harvesting. We only focus on psych- the psychology part. Hmm. That is a very, very loaded um, Super loaded. To a certain degree, um, more than anything, I do understand that and, and, and a certain person would speak about um, such issues as the manifestations of power grabbing mm. um, and that we're also only just focusing on the psychological part of, of an individual. And I'm not too sure if they're referring this to LGBTI identities or are we now still speaking to perpetrators of um, lesphobic rape and transphobic rapes and murders because that is indeed a manifestation of a power grab where mm. as society we have not begun having a conversation with men around the fact that their power is not one that is challenged by the power of other individuals. Yeah. That anything that is different to masculinity in the very conventional sense that it is defined as being that a man or a masculine being does not cry, the masculine person does not talk a lot, and that the might and power of a man is in the power of his feast. We have not begun addressing these issues because we stem from a systemic upbringing of boys where we tell them that it's okay. Ricky, remember when I said in one second... (laughs) <laughs> Do you still remember when I said it one second? All right, we had unfortunately that's where we end uh, this it conversation. I know, I, mean, I know. Two more hours, but, uh, but it's it's food for thought. It's food for thought. As we walk away, we know what people are thinking, and uh, we know how well, how to even um, come up with campaigns that inform. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Ricky, for joining us. Thank you so much for offering me the platform to contribute. And that is Ricky Josedao Kanza, who is Executive Director of Accountability International, as we talk about, uh, um, g- even after that conversation, saying rape culture, uh, corruptive rape is, is just unjustifiable. And it is hate crimes indeed.